Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. set hopefully everything is up and running but what's going on everybody welcome in to underground sports philadelphia episode number 270 kb and matt coming at you live from underground studios as always show brought to you by our incredible local sponsors main auto llc Ducharms pro foot security 21 paul j gillespie incorporated bob novick auto mall mark ronchetti cpa llc and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our kick-ass merch provider, Design Tree, dsgntree.com, search Underground Sports Philadelphia, and when you go to checkout, use the promo code DSGN5, saves you five bucks off your order when you go to checkout. Our friends over at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing, just launched a whole bunch of new stuff, uh, a brand new watch restock over at tomahawkshades.com. When you go to check out, use the promo code USP, just like Underground Sports Philadelphia, saves you 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. And of course, our latest and greatest sponsor that we have going right now, not that all of our sponsors aren't great, but our friends over at Manscaped are doing the damn thing. And, you know, some, some people are saying it's a good thing the Phillies season is over and, you know, it was kind of a kick in the balls. It was more than a kick in the balls. <coughs> That's very honest. true. Uh, and speaking of kicking balls, Doug Peterson likes to kick balls when the game is on the line. Don't put your balls on the line. And that's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't cut or snag your balls and you stay off the injury report. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. And because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit and restocked the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Perfect add-ons to the Lawnmower 3.0. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Perfect Package 3.0 Comes with the new and improved lawnmower, waterproof cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, which Matt and I tell you guys all the time, most comfortable boxers we've ever put on our bodies, and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant, which ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your balls sticking to your legs. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls, and it's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a boost. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Like I said, get 20% off 
and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. Take your grooming game to the next level, unlike what the Eagles did this past Sunday. Lots to talk about, Matt. Apparently, uh, Doc Rivers is in Philadelphia because if you live under a rock, uh, Doc Rivers was recently fired by the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Sixers have pivoted to Doc Rivers being their guy. Yeah, uh, he was. He got caught in candid camera coming off a private jet, which Good is old John Clark. Yeah, with his exclusive, he made sure to let everyone know that that was exclusive. Oh, footage. absolutely. I mean, I get it. You got to secure the bag, but um, not wild about it. My stance has been this entire time. I would love it if it, we hired someone that I'd never heard of. I think uh, the way to go in the NBA, as we've seen in the last, I don't know, seven, eight years, you look at all the championship winning coaches besides Greg Popovich, they were all either first year coaching <laughs> or first years of coaching um, or were relatively new at least. Like, you know, you look at someone like Eric Spolstra, right? He wasn't exactly a, a highly tenured veteran coach. Almost got fired actually in his his first season with uh, in LeBron's first season with the Heat. Uh, Steve Kerr comes over in his first season, wins a championship, kicks off a great dynasty. Nick Nurse, like that's the the plan here. I you know when we were talking about like between Mike D'Antoni and Ty Lue, the reason I I kind of shifted towards Ty Lue is it's it's a younger guy that I think is actually a pretty good coach that I think relates to players probably a little better. Um, and that has, you know, a pedigree of his own, by the way. It's not like he's, uh, you know, a nobody in that regard. And, you know, especially when you compare him to just a retread of Mike D'Antoni, I, I don't know that Doc Rivers is any different. You know, like, can anyone... Right. Is there really, like, that much of a difference in quality? Obviously, there's, like, a stylistic difference and probably a, a personality difference between Doc Rivers and Mike D'Antoni, but I don't know that, like, either of those guys are necessarily great for the Sixers I, I don't really love Doc as, as uh and, and by the way he wouldn't be Doc Rivers here either he'd be he'd Glenn. be Glenn Rivers so plus I I've seen it going around on Twitter recently and I it didn't even hit me until today honestly uh Doc Rivers once traded Tobias Harris Mike Scott Boban he wasn't the the GM anymore. So, I mean, people forget, too, how much control he had over the Clippers organization. He was the coach and GM. He had to get essentially fired mm -hmm. as a GM um, instead of kind of losing his entire job because he wasn't really doing a great job of uh, drafting and, and, and cultivating a good team. And one of his biggest criticisms this year, and I don't know, just remind me if this sounds familiar, is uh, playing favorites and not playing, like, younger guys. Like, Landry didn't get a, a great look in this year. Like, Zubac, who's, like, I think a fantastic player who they got on a tremendous deal, you know, to, to come there. Didn't get a, played a lot, and the fans were constantly clamoring for them. And just some bizarre decision-making like that. Um, I feel like we've had similar questions about uh, guys like Shake, right? You know, like... We've, we've had concerns about Brett's decision-making when it comes to why is XYZ player not playing or getting minutes. Um, so Doc has a history of doing that as well. And again, I mean, Doc, it's 2008 is a long time ago, and this team is not the 2008 Boston Celtics. <laughs> um, and since then, it's been kind of a history of underperforming. Now, obviously, he's been coaching in the West, which has been 
a much more difficult conference to navigate over the last decade plus. Um, so, you know, it's hard, but at the same time, this is a guy who, who hasn't even reached the conference finals, you know, in a very long time now. When he's been co- – he hasn't had – he has had no breaks during that time. And also, like, tremendous job of choking away series. He just did it most recently with a very talented team. And, again, he was very stubborn in playing guys that were, like, his established players and not really seeing the benefit of working through. And, you know, like, I see Doc Rivers playing Al Horford 35 minutes a night and not backing down from that, which is not the future that I want for this team. And... I just, I think I, I don't have an issue with Doc Rivers as like a person because mm-hmm. players seem the players that he vibes with and and gets along with seem to really enjoy him. Like if you look around like polls of the NBA, like he's frequently quoted or like suggested as being a very likable coach. Like players typically want to play for him, but it hasn't led to a ton of success on the court. I think he's navigated some rocky periods, but I just I I don't really. Doc Rivers, Mike D'Antoni would not be like my top two choices here. Um, and it's it sort of seems like we're trending in the direction towards getting him, especially now that Doc has gone out of L.A. Utah Lu could potentially just get promoted to the, the head coach position there, um, which would probably be you know better for him, you know, because he's obviously established there already. You know, it's just easy to make that jump up rather than try a whole new system. Um you know, and I—I I mean, if you're asking yourself, would you rather be coaching the Clippers or the Sixers? Right. I think I think we all know what choice we'd be <laughs> making, but yeah, I'm not particularly wild about uh, choosing between Doc Rivers and Mike D'Antoni because that's what it seems like now yeah. is is the likely likely choice here. Which is such a bummer because you know that early report when the playoffs you know were still in in full blown effect was, you know, Ty Lue seemed to be the the front runner. I kind of talked myself into Ty Lue. Uh, John Johnson from from KYW had that report about uh, Ty Lue being the guy and then revoked it. Um, it's just it's this team, man. I, either way, whoever ends up being the coach, I'm still gonna be pissed because it's still this front office making the decision. I mean, yeah, that's that's the bigger area of concern is that we're like a month and a half now removed from Brett's firing and we got promised like these front office. Uh, changes and nothing's happened. And by the way, uh, we're, we're you know draft is coming up, right? Like we 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 don't have a coach, and just now it seems like we're starting to interview guys. Now, obviously, it does seem like Tyloo was one of our like higher priorities. So you know you can really only move that you know toward the end of its conclusion once his team is out of the playoffs. So you do kind of have to wait for that. But I I don't know what the I don't feel good like having this same front office, which has made so many poor decisions, making more decisions again. There's just saying, especially when it comes to like recruitment and stuff, that you can't carve rotten wood. It feels like the front office of the Sixers is all rotten wood. Like anything that comes from that isn't going to be good. And if it is, it's not by <laughs> design necessarily. I think it's going to be more out of luck. I um I think that's that's the area I'm more concerned about. It's that we haven't heard anything about any front office shakeup. Um, Ellen Brand, I think, is still absolutely terrible. Hasn't done anything good, and I just um, it's it, it is depressing because this the Sixers front office is ultimately what's going to be the reason that this team just stutters. Yeah, it's uh, 
it seems like it's just going to be a never-ending circus. We're not going to have a coach. We've joked until, you know, tip off of whenever next season decides to get underway or ends up getting underway. Um, and, you know, it's all capped off by Jimmy Butler going to the finals. Yeah, I try not to even think about the fact that, uh, <laughs> that I mean, that's just, that's brutal on top of it. And I think what's even more upsetting is, like, you think of how good the Sixers were last year. I mean, it's depressing to, to talk about, but I mean, you run that team back and Jesus Christ, like we're, we're in the finals this year. Like I truly mm-hmm. believe that, um, that's, that's what hurts the most is that you've made all these decisions just to end up worse off than you were. And you've, you've depleted your talent and a lot of your assets in the process. And just, it just sucks. It, it's, it's hard to like get excited about the Sixers and that's, that's I think the most upsetting part is that like I'm not looking I'm really I'm just not looking forward to the season starting um I'm not looking forward to to like watching this team like I'm not even like I could care less who we draft because they're they're just going to end up being in trade bait anyway probably um it's just frustrating I saw this on Twitter a lot it was like the uh on Sixers Twitter about like name your most unpopular uh Sixers like take it was like Matisse Thibel isn't very good it's like well when like every quote teed is about Thibel not being good, maybe that's not unpopular. Because I also can't open Twitter without seeing him in a trade machine. So yep, uh, I don't really get the Matisse hate. I think Me Matisse either. is still a good player. I think rookie contracts like him are a dime a dozen. You don't hit on your like your twenty fifth pick very often in the draft and have someone that can actually contribute minutes. I don't know why everyone is so everyone involved with the the Sixers and, and this is the fans too is like so quick to just turn on like any like anything that isn't perfect mm-hmm. like you know like obviously like the the front office deserves criticism the coaching deserves criticism and, and the players at times do but like Matisse is a rookie I don't know what more you could have asked for from him like I think he was I think he was very good I, I don't know why we're so quick to sell these guys off um I, I think that's that's a frustrating move but I mean just they're in such a mess right now that I don't know how they get out of it. We'll see what happens with trades. Obviously, as soon as we know who the coach is, I think we'll have a better idea of where the roster's going. Mike D'Antoni, if he gets hired, I think is much more likely that we see like pretty significant roster change. I don't know that that's the case if you get Doc Rivers because I think stylistically he could probably work with this team and and work with what's currently available. He may obviously ask for, for additional help or you know, a, a different guy, but, you know, I, I certainly think with him, definitely Embiid and Ben are here, um, but that's all, that's all just so nebulous right now, just the, mm-hmm. the situation around the roster. Everything around the Sixers is just built on, like, a fault line, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, it's just any day now it's all going to collapse, if it isn't already. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like this team has just been in complete free fall since the bubble, if not before then, like... I think it all started... The Jimmy Butler trade. I, I, I said it then. I don't know. I, I didn't understand the trade then because I didn't understand what we were rushing for. Yep. Um, the team as we it was. We reacted live to that happening. Yeah. We the, like, what the hell? The team as it was then was good and young. Had just come off a, a disappointing like playoff loss. Like it, And they were back in that regular season. Didn't look like amazing to start out the year. Um, There's a lot of questions about like Covington. And, like, could he, like, really establish himself and be, like, a, a, a guy you could depend on the playoffs? And, like, Sarge is still, like, kind of, like, unsure what his role was exactly with the team. But, I mean, there's a lot to grow with. And 
you know, you, you gave a lot of that to get Jimmy, and that's fine because I, th- I think Jimmy Butler was a, was a great player for us. Um, but I I don't I'll, – I'll never understand really the Tobias trade, and I'll never understand not moving heaven and earth to get Jimmy Butler back here considering what you gave him up for. It's, um, ever since that moment, though, I think this team has been on a weird – weird path it's like someone switched the train rails and mm-hmm. we just went a completely you know, we were going up the mountain and now we're <laughs> we're going through it and underneath it i i don't know what I, I i wish i could have could be a fly in the wall in that room and that decision was made and, and try and get a read on what the rush was um and again though you know if you're gonna give up what you gave up for jimmy you you have to you have to get him back uh which we didn't do so ever since then i think this team has been just very dysfunctional and this front office uh it's hard to root for them (laughs) you know it's hard to root for the Sixers because that means these guys get vindicated and they don't deserve that they don't they don't like deserve a parade the players do but I I don't want like I don't want to have to see like Joshua Harris giving some speech you know yeah Like, like I don't want that also if you guys are watching live I apologize Facebook live right now is just not cooperating so uh we're live on twitch twitch.tv slash underground sports phi um but yeah the the sixers i mean if you had to make a bet or guess who they end up going with because it's obvious that the front office isn't going to be leaving anytime soon uh it's just they they are going to be the ones making the decision and then if anything happens it's not going to be until after this coach is gone or the coach is hired and by then, I, I don't see how any of these problem guys are even gone. But if you had to make a guess, D'Antoni, Tyloo, or Rivers, who would you take? I think Doc Rivers because, um, one, they'll sell themselves on that he's going to like unlock Tobias somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, because the problem is, is that they're going to look at just the fact that, oh, Tobias was playing under Doc Rivers, and he looked really good. If we get Doc Rivers, Tobias will be really good. Forgetting the fact that that was a completely different situation that Tobias was in than he's in now. Right. Um, I and I genuinely think that'll be like the number one reason. I, you know, Elton Brand also has a relationship with Doc Rivers. Like that's someone that he's known professionally, and I've, I think he even played for Doc. So it's like, I I everything smells right now like we're going to be getting Doc Rivers, which I I really don't love that idea. I just I, it's nothing against him as a coach. I don't think he's necessarily a bad coach mm-hmm. um but i like he's uh, to me he is not the guy that's that's leading up to a championship i think again this is like you should be zigging when everyone else is zagging you know like that's how you become a great team that's how you like just kind of beat the standard this is like such a like a a vanilla move that it's it just it's off it's so off-putting like i, I don't know how i'm supposed to be excited by doc rivers yeah like it's like it's, I don't know. It's, it's like getting. Again, it's like you said with Billy Donovan. It's a name. Like Doc is obviously Doc is a better more name accomplished than Billy Donovan. Than Billy Donovan yeah. But people are going to get excited because of the name. Doc it's like Rivers. getting like it's like when you get older and you're like your stocking at Christmas just becomes like socks and like gum. It's like well, this is nice, but like I kind of miss when this was candy and like gift cards. You know, right. like it's like whatever. I'll take it, but like <laughs> this is not this is not making my list of like greatest presents ever. You know, and I, I feel the same way about. Um, Doc Rivers I, I just it's just a very it's very uninspiring and again I said this all the way back at the beginning that I would be elated 
if we hired a name that I've never even heard of. If I like, mm-hmm. I would love if I had to wake up tomorrow and Google who we hired as a head coach. I really would because I think that's to me is the blueprint to defining it. Like, why are you trying something that like a, a coach that hasn't had success in over a decade? Right. Like clearly, like it's not working. And the Clippers were in a better situation than the Sixers are. Like, what 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 about? him do you think is going to take us to that level Mm -hmm. where we can win a championship because i I, i'd like to know like it's it's just such a retread like it's just it's exhausting it's like when you watch a a show and they just keep like bringing back like these same plot lines it's like wrap something up here Mm -hmm. you know like try something new because it's just it's getting exhausting like this idea that oh mike d'antoni is going to come in and save the day i i don't think so i don't i don't think he is um so yeah, I I would I would bet though that Doc Rivers is the guy. I mean, it just seems like all signs are, are pointing that way. Maybe even by tomorrow. Maybe we have a habit of of having like big news right after we end recording. So maybe <laughs> even tonight. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's the Sixers, baby. That's just what they do. They love to piss us off. They love to do the dumb things, and it all starts from the top. I'm like I'm like out this year. On I'm the Sixers. I'm I, like, very I really, much approaching that. Like I, I really don't know like how I'm gonna interest myself in watching them play this year. Like I, it's it's just exhausting to watch them play, and um, this year's not gonna be any better. I don't think unless unless something crazy happens, like we uh, a miracle for for real. But I, um, it's very hard for me to get. Not even I, I. I couldn't even put myself in a mental situation where I'm excited for the season. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me to even like think any kind of meaningful thought about the Sixers that isn't overwhelmingly negative. Like right. I, the the only thing keeping me going is like I get to see Embiid play again. That's like pretty much it. And uh, speaking of Embiid, baby Embiid is yeah. here to complete the uh, the Philadelphia athlete daycare center of all time because uh, Arthur Embiid is rocking and rolling yeah he's uh he's anchored in now can't leave um i mean it makes sense now why he was like uh cautious i mean this kind of came out of nowhere i i was i don't know that i was just like not clued in with Mm -hmm. his partner being pregnant but um i don't think anybody was yeah but it explains why he was so cautious about going to the bubble now yeah it does you know because he obviously has something very meaningful winning from back home so yeah, happy for Embiid. That has to be an amazing feeling, becoming a father. So, great for him, great for his family. But um, I want the best for Embiid. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's all I want. And uh, I don't know that. Um, I don't know that happens in Philly anymore. <sighs> I don't know. I'm getting to the point where like, I'm just kind of. I I think this might even be the year that he like requests a trade, if not next year. Like I I don't know. I, and, at, and at what point does he just get fed up with the situation? Because it happens every year that a star yep. just gets pissed off. And I just feel like uh, the winds are really starting to change <laughs> here. And it's it's all just going to go bad soon, I feel like. But maybe I'm just being overly negative. I don't know. Congrats on your baby, Embiid. Uh, if you want to be more overly negative, let's talk about the guy who just popped up on the screen. Uh, good old Matt Klintak still has a job with this Phillies team who missed the playoffs in arguably the easiest season to make the playoffs. Uh, I mean, the week and a half out when they had an 86% chance of making the playoffs? Also, the the chance of making the playoffs when they only had to go 2-6 and six in their last eight, and they went 1-7. and seven. 
This team, man. This team. Who are you more out on? Sixers, uh, the Sixers. because the Sixers, like, there's no hope. Like, I, like I genuinely, I right now, I'm saying there's no chance again unless something crazy happens, like a crazy trade, or we just get very lucky with like a rookie or something. Like, there's no chance the Sixers win a championship in the next like 20 years now. Like, yep. it's just ruined. Like, this, this team is not winning anything. Like, they'll be lucky to make a conference finals. I truly believe that because they're just absolutely screwed with the cap, which, again, we haven't talked enough about how this team is going to be paying out <sighs> the nose for a roster that's going to win 47 games. Um, the division's getting tougher because guess what? Durant's back this year. Kyrie's healthy. Kyrie's going to be healthy. You're going to have another year with the Celtics growing. The Raptors are going to be good again. You can't beat the Magic. Like, and the Magic are improving too. Like, it's just... Like just it all sucks with the Sixers. The only team that could arguably get worse is the Pacers because they could lose Oladipo. Yeah, but um, I yeah I'm complete. I'm I'm ninety nine point nine percent on. Like there's really nothing tying me down to the Sixers besides Embiid. Um, Whereas the Phillies, like I have hope. I love Alec Boehm. I love watching him play. I love watching the Phillies. Rookie of the year, Alec Boehm. I I really do love the Phillies, and I feel like I can lie to myself more about the Phillies' <laughs> chances than I can the Sixers. But that's only my... because I've been burned in the past three years by the Sixers so much. Whereas the Phillies have just been like, it's been disappointing. This year hurts the most yes. simply because of like the opportunity that we had and the fact that like we were like we were a fun team to watch. It's not like we were like a bad watch. Again, unlike the Sixers. Unless the bullpen were... was in. Right. But even, I mean, in a way it's exciting. You know, like my True. heart was usually... Going faster than normal, but yeah, it's it, this is crushing. I mean, like to to miss out on the playoffs and to not see like genuine change at the like the management level is just I don't like that. I mean, last year Gabe Kapler kind of takes the hit, whatever. At the time, we all said that Clentac really needs to be the one. Like, I would have been fine having Gabe again this year if mm-hmm. Clentac was gone. I think we even said that last year. Yep. That, like, I, if it was up to me, Clentac would be Klintak gone. would have been gone. Wouldn't really have an McPhail issue with seeing Gabe gone. Gap. I, I, I don't know how you survived this year. Because, like, this was, like, all you had to do, all you had to do was pay, like, two bullpen pitchers, and this team's in the playoffs. And then, boom, you never know. You never know what could happen. You just get get yourself there. Get this team, which can get red hot, which we've seen, into the playoffs, and just see what happens. Because guess what? If we were if we were playing today, right now, if we had watched them play the Cubs two hours ago, we wouldn't even be like talking about Clintac. We would just be talking about what game one was like and looking forward to game two. Yep, for the first time since 2011. Like now, now it's another year that you're just sitting on your hands waiting for the Phillies to be relevant again. It's another year that I'd like can't possibly imagine myself caring about postseason baseball because like when my team's not in it don't care like i don't care who wins i don't care what happens i don't could not care less today has been pretty wild though with eight consecutive games going on cool don't (laughs) it's 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 just hard for me to like get engaged and i it's just it's so frustrating like it's just back-to-back years where you're just kind of crushed by this team this one hurts the most again like i said just because of like you were right there. Mm-hmm. Like we've had like collapses down the stretch, but not not like this where it's like. And it was just so apathetic, you know. Like they go into Tampa Bay and it's like, 
like I don't know how you just like go out with a whimper like that. You know, I, that that to me was like the most frustrating part. Um, but I mean, yeah, the fact that Klintak is going to be back next year is is really really maddening because this is all on him. You know, like th- this this roster construction is all on him. The fact that JT's still unsigned and you have your biggest free agent signing in Philadelphia sports history having to twerk on Instagram to get you to re-sign him is ridiculous. Like, Bryce Harper should never have to post, like, oh, can't wait to play with again next year. I hope you stay Let's next year. Let's run it back. Let's run it back. Like, that should not be something that needs to be said. We shouldn't have had, like, an entire, like, pandemic crew talking about signing JT. We shouldn't have had mic'd up clips of Bryce, you know, yelling during games to re-sign him. Like, that just – it shouldn't be a thing. It, especially when you consider – what you gave up to get him. This reminds me a lot of the Jimmy Butler trade, right? Where it's like you gonna see six though tomorrow. You pay a lot to get this guy. You better, better resign him because then not only have you lost a great uh, prospect, but now you like for what a rental on a two year, you know, two years where you didn't even make the playoffs. Like that's that to me is shameful. But um, just all the way around, Klentak being back, I. They all I had to say is that they better be spending money this offseason. I, I don't want to mm-hmm. hear anything about COVID. I don't want to hear any like. Well, I don't want to hear it. Spend the money. You're a billionaire. You don't have to work a day in your life for your money. I want to see this team in the goddamn playoffs next year. I will drag you out of whatever dumb, stupid mansion you live in and beat the snot out of you if we do not sign at least four pitchers this offseason. <laughs> I will personally do that. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, of course, with the Phillies fans wanting them to spend money, uh, they're getting ready to lay guys off. Yeah. They're which laying is, people in the organization off after they vowed that they wouldn't. Um, it's just so shameful. It's disgusting. You know, they're offering people buyouts, and, uh, you know, I was listening to uh, The Good Fight with John Stolness and Justin Clue, and John was saying, you know, if the Phillies were to fire Matt Klentak, they'd have to obviously hire a new GM. And the way it's being presented right now, because we had that Bob Brookover report saying somebody told him, you know, that's close to the organization that Klentak is not going to get fired because they owe him $6 million, which is just ludicrous in and of itself. But then there's people saying, you know, if they did fire him, then you're essentially paying two general managers and with them getting ready to lay off x amount of employees i'm just this it's it's so ridiculously absurd in a in a sport that has no salary cap you're a multi-billionaire you have comcast tv money and you're you're pinching pennies i mean here's what i don't get either it's like citizens bank park has not been filled in almost a decade now it's been almost a decade, like, and we were very proud, and they sure let everyone know that, whoa, we've sold out CBP for five years straight. Like, do you not want that again? Do you not want, like, 50,000 people in the stadium again? Because this is, like, this is not the path to sell it, like, whenever we can go back in stadiums. This is not the path that you should be going on if you want that. Like, even when this team, and we talked about this, like, three years ago, when the team was kind of exciting again, no one was going to games. It's like 8,000 people there. It was us. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Th- you're not, like, if you're not willing to 
to actually commit to this team. Neither of the fans. Like, again, like you're in real danger now of losing. Like, okay, baseball is already a sport that's struggling. I think to capture a lot of people's attention, and they kind of fluffed it this year with like not really hitting like on on a key part where they could have been the only sport to watch. Whatever. On top of that, you haven't had a team that's been successful now in over 10 years. Like, meaningly successful. You know that there's a generation issue with, with younger people not really caring about baseball, gravitating towards other sports. You know that, like, cable is dying off at an, at an alarming rate. And that, again, like, the younger generation isn't watching cable. I can't even watch Phillies games. It's impossible for me to. I have to... Uh, I have to... Find alternate stream sources. <laughs> I can't because they won't even let me just pay. I would pay ten bucks a month, and they just won't let me do it. I have to have a cable TV subscription, which I'm not doing. Like it's just, and and uh, with all that happening, you're like, you know what? I'm not gonna get good players. I'm not gonna fill the stadium. I'm gonna keep an incompetent rat here who can't make a, a meaningful decision to save his life. But I'm also like you don't get to do and all and make all the decisions and then when you're in an interview say that you're willing to spend stupid money or you're mm-hmm. gonna do anything you can to get. I'm gonna die trying to get this trophy. Back. Well, I guess you're dying then because I I don't see the trophy anytime soon. Nope. I don't like we haven't been in the playoffs in a decade and you're telling me what we're gonna automatically be World Series champions. You let the Marlins make the playoffs this year. The what's, Marlins. What's what's super frustrating is that there have been teams. That have been terrible. That were bad when we were good. And rebuilt. Won things. Were bad again and are back to winning again. Mm-hmm. Or that have just completely had full rebuilds. Full At the same downs. time as we did. Right. The like, Braves. The Marlins. Like, why is everyone else good and we're like still here? Just like pissing in the wind. I, I don't get it. I thought this was I thought this was a storied team. I thought this was a huge like market. Like, I don't know where it all went wrong. And I don't know what it is with Philly teams just, like, absolutely just lobotomizing us lately. Like, it's just been, like, it's been the most frustrating year, I think, as, like, a Philly sports fan. Just with, like, all the disappointment and heartbreak and just frustration. And the Phillies are, like, they're getting close to being right up there. Because, like, at what point do you just say, like, are you actually willing to commit your money to this team? Because if not, just sell it. And yep. I, I had that attitude for like pretty much every <laughs> every Philly team right now. It's like, well, if you don't want to spend the money, just sell it. Sell it to someone who will. Because I'm like tired of spending my hard-earned money to go to these games or taking time out of my week because 162 games to watch four hours of bad baseball or to watch this team blow. What did we blow? 19 leads this year? We had leads in... 49 of 60 games like just think if half of those games go different like we're like the best team in baseball if we just had a con if we just i'm not even asking for lights out lidge again i'm asking for like above replacement level the averagest average that you could get and this team would probably be i don't know number two in the nl we probably win the division if we just had mm-hmm. an average I'm not even. I'm not asking for anything crazy. I'm asking you to get me an average guy. Like, why is that so hard? What 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 is so difficult about that? If they don't go out this this off season and, and make like meaningful change, they're right behind the Sixers on the guillotine list because that to me is the 
28 and 32 when you had leads in 49 of 60 games. It's that I mean that's just that just hurts so much. It makes my brain itch. Like it's just you have to try to make that happen. Oh, they tried. They, they did their best. They labored to make that happen. And and the fact that you know the, the bullpen was bad and then Matt Klentak went out and traded for guys that made it worse. When you gave up guys that could have just, you could have called them up and put them right. Like Addison Russ should not have been traded for David Hale, who was designated for assignment. If you remember, Addison Russ could have just slid right into the bullpen. He's probably going to be a light, like lights out reliever rock star for the Yankees for the next 10 years. You traded Nick Pavetta, who looks fantastic in his two starts with the Red Sox for piece of shit. Heath Hembry and Brandon Workman. He worked, man. I mean, he's the problem is that Clintac is staying, and like, there's just nothing, nothing we as fans can do about that. Like, that's it's also that's weird that part. it's been super silent from the Phillies front because you would figure if Clintac was like locked in staying, we would have heard like he's staying. You know, yeah. like it, it's it's just so it's so weird. Like it, the Angels stunk again this year. And as soon as the season was over, they fired their general manager, who kept Mike Trout there, who signed Shohei Otani from overseas in Japan, who brought you Anthony Rendon, got you Albert Pujols. I'm pretty sure he was the GM then, too, if not my mistake. But still, that's three high-caliber players that he locked into a small market team. And because they failed again, boom, he's gone. You know... Everyone talked about how John Middleton was going to be, you know, the George Steinbrenner of the South, was going to make this team a, a perennial contender, and all he did was build the Angels of the East. I mean, hard to disagree. I will say that, uh, I don't know for the Angels of the East yet, but we're getting close. Pretty damn close. We're getting close. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the biggest issue is keeping Glenn Tech, obviously, because... I don't know how you convince me that he's good at his job. I, I really not. don't. And I, I think, again, it's it's a similar situation to the Sixers where it's like, I don't trust the people making the decisions. I don't know that anything good is going to come off this tree anymore. The tree has soured. The roots are dead. Mm-hmm. It's time to remove it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's super frustrating. I mean, this is five they years should be, They should now. be really thankful that, you know, like, fans aren't insane and just stuff because, like, I can't imagine the booing. I can't imagine like the anger. Um, you know, they they should honestly be counting their blessings that uh that they don't have to listen to that because they'd be getting an earful. But I will say, for as negative as we've been about the Phillies, I call me an idiot. This team is li- this team literally is like three average bullpen pitchers yep. away. That's all they were this whole year. But the problem is now is you have to resign Didi and JT. I don't know will what they're. You? I don't know what their market looks like exactly. I would love to have both of them back, obviously. Like, they're fantastic. Love the both of them. You're going to have a full Alec Bohm season next year, which is fantastic. Mickey Moniak, maybe you're going to see, like, some action next year. Cause he was Jojo kinda, like, Romero will be in the bullpen He's all recovering year. from injury. You're going to get Spencer Howard, like, a full offseason for him to, like, work on his game. Like, there's, like... And this is why I think I'm, like, still kind of sweet on the Phillies and so sour on the Sixers. Like, there's still, like, in my mind, these guys are here and they're impressive. And, like, I'm kind of 
I'm putting a lot of faith in like some of the young talent that we have and that we outside of them, we have a talented roster. It's not even like, you know, we have to depend on these guys. Like, you know, Alec Bowman's like just kind of like a tertiary piece, you know, like on many other the teams. The one successful draft piece of Matt Klintak. Listen, and you know what? I'll, also, I want to know when I can get an Alec Bowman jersey. Like, I, when is that? Make that happen, please. But, yeah, I mean, there's still, I think, as negative. You can be as negative as you want about the Phillies, and I don't. I can't disagree with any of it. And, in fact, I'll agree <laughs> with a lot of it. <laughs> but I do think as negative as you can be, you can be genuinely as positive. Because I think the future is still bright with this team. Bryce looked great this year. Reese turned a corner. Like, that was a huge question mark coming in this year. Was how, like, what's wrong with him? And two weeks into the season, it was like, we should trade him for a bag of dirt. He's, guess what? He's good again. He figured it out. And as soon as he went down, you stunk again. And I'm not making excuses for this team. But I only, I'm only saying this because I firmly believe it. That first weekend absolutely killed our season. Yep. Because... We had to do all these stupid double headers. Our season got an already, which was truncated and miserable and very difficult to navigate anyway. Got that much harder. It's it's our fault that we didn't have a good bullpen, and it's also our fault that we, for whatever reason we played that Sunday game mm-hmm. instead of just saying no, we're not playing you when you have positive cases. That's stupid. We could have been playing all that week and probably would win like two or three extra games because yep. we don't have these stupid double headers throughout the year. But that weekend really screwed us. I absolutely hate the Marlins for the rest of my life. They're pieces of garbage. It's a stupid franchise. Move them out of that dumb stadium. I hate Derek Jeter. He's not a good player. Chase Utley's better. Derek yep. Jeter sucks. He's an egomaniac and he's a weirdo. And he's not even a good player. He wasn't even the best Yankee at any point. Any any point he was wasn't never even, even unanimous Hall of Fame. He wasn't even the, a top three player on any of his teams. Debate me. No, nope. never never in his life. Jim Rollins better. Garbage player, garbage human being. The whole franchise sucks. Outside of six, I though. hate the Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> the only team I hate more than the Phillies is the Yankees. <laughs> no, uh, but I, I that that weekend I truly believe screwed yeah. us. I really do. I think that absolutely tanked our season. I even tweeted it back then. I was like, what's the yeah. point of even playing these games if like we're like if we're just gonna have to shut down? And we're running the same problem with the NFL now. How do you feel about this uh alleged statement from one John Heyman, who we all love and adore? Uh he said that obviously JT is gonna hit free agency, which is stupid. Um but there's potential that the Phillies let him walk. And allocate that money to sign James McCann from the White Sox to be the replacement catcher and then go and get Trevor Bauer. I'd hate it. Me too. <laughs> and I love Trevor Bauer. I, I, I hate everything about that sentence. Plus, also, John Heyman, there's no way Trevor Bauer is going to come to the Phillies because he absolutely loathes Scott Boris. Like, hates Scott Boris to with a burning passion. He's not going to come to the Scott Boris epicenter of the world to come play for us. Plus, Trevor Bauer has been open and on the record about how he wants to play out the rest of his career on one-year deals. Why the hell would you sign a guy that is only committed to one year to your franchise when you have the best catcher in baseball who every pitcher on this team loves throwing to, who and you're going to let him walk 
where Bryce Harper said three, maybe four of our NL East opponents are going to go after him. I I don't think it's uh, it's no secret either, or like no surprise to me, I should say, that Zach Wheeler had an incredibly good. Now again, yep. it was sixty games. It was like a, it was a half a season, and we know that the like kind of tape on him was well. He only has usually good half year. I don't think it's a, it's it's any coincidence that Zach Wheeler looked as good as he did with JT. And I don't think it's a coincidence that you see that with a lot of our, our top end pitchers that they have good rapport with him. Sub three ERA for Zach Wheeler, like in eleven games. Uh, if you let if you let JT walk, if you let him get another offer for a team and match it, and you just want to like do that, then whatever, and hope that you can get below market value. That. Good luck, because the Mets have the the richest owner in baseball now. I mean, listen, I'm not going to tempt fate here, but I'm just going to. It has to be said, it's the Mets. It's fair. Every every offseason, I feel like I'm sold some dumb story about how the Mets are going to be good, and every year it's the same thing. They're 19 and 31 by May. Like they're they're. I'm sorry, I can't. Every what like it's like every 15 years they're good. They have one good season every 15 <laughs> years, and that was 2015 was the last time they were good. So talk to me in 2030 if we're even alive. Then then I'll be worried about the Mets. But until then. I, I need to see it. Call me St. Thomas because I want to see it. I need, I need to see the Mets be good before I believe any of that. If you let JT walk, especially if he goes a divisional rival, I will commit a high crime. <laughs> <laughs> now that the Philly season's over, uh, let's kind of just run through positional groups, grade them, how they went, and uh, we've got a couple end of their Phillies tenure players. Hashtag thank God. Uh, but before we do that, we're, we got to get our vision right and uh, give a shout out to the the boys over at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing. Two brothers on Long Island started this bad boy company. Protect your eyes. I wear them every single show. You got You guys see it right now if you're watching on the Twitch stream. I wear these things to protect my eyes each and every episode. Whenever I'm editing, whenever I'm you know just staring at a screen watching you know playoff basketball, baseball. The Stanley Cup just ended, and obviously football Sundays. I've got these bad boys on all the time. You only get one set of eyes. Protect them. Head over to TomahawkShades.com. Get your blue light plus glasses. Get your sunglasses. Whatever you need. They just restocked, like I said at the top of the show, their brand new watch series. Last time they put that out, it sold out in two days. TomahawkShades.com. When you go to checkout, use the code USP. It's going to save you 25% off of your entire order and all orders over $75 right now qualify for free shipping. That's tomahawkshades.com promo code USP for 25% off your order. Starting rotation, Matt, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, I think were as advertised, if not better. Um, I think both of us were kind of skeptical about Zach Wheeler just because Garrett Cole was a free agent this off season. Wish we would have, you know, went all in, gotten him, but Zach Wheeler was damn good. I think he's going to be damn good for a long time. Um, those two were sensational. Yeah, I'd give Zach Wheeler like a minus, a-, and I would give, I don't honestly give Nola like a B. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was his best year, but also like not really like. He had another kind of faltered yeah. September. Nola is like such just like a, I-, I forget who I compared him to like a few weeks ago, but he's just like a such a quiet, like just under the radar, just yeah. always very good. Doesn't really like cause you many headaches. He just he's like the middle child. You know, like he just kind of 
goes through and goes very unnoticed. Um, I don't think it was his best year, but also like he showed moments again of like you still saw glimpses of like that thing. And uh, you know, it was a shortened season. I'm not gonna like go overboard on on criticizing. And I think the A minus for Zach Wheeler, the minus comes in because his fingernail acted up again. Yeah, and I mean, you know, again, (laughs) you you saw. Very, you didn't see enough to really like yeah. say like wow. And I think to the be an only A plus here would have had to been like a Cy Young candidate. I think the only issue with Zach Wheeler is we didn't see enough strikeouts. Yeah, and that was something that was kind of like advertised about him. And will it be a concern moving forward? Who knows? But overall, I was really yeah, so. I'm looking satisfied. at it right now. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola had one third more innings pitched um, than Zach Wheeler. Aaron Nola had 96 strikeouts. Fantastic. Uh, Zach Wheeler with 53. Not, uh, not what you're looking for. but And also, Wheeler missed, I think, one or two starts yeah. overall with the with the fingernail issue. So, not bad. Yeah. Uh, I was impressed by the – the other pitcher in this rotation that I'm all in on is Zach Eflin. Definitely looked good this year. Uh, Lurch, as he <laughs> has been belovedly coined. Um, he I looked great. Give, I would give him a B-. minus. Yeah. I think because it was an above average year and it wasn't quite like, eh, nothing special. Like this was good. And I feel like we've constantly been like, when he was on the mound, you felt confident, right? Like more confident than I felt with him in the past. Right. And I think this was a good, like, I think what's important with him and in a lot of our pitchers is that like they had a good mental year. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like a good confident base that he can build off of because I, Gabe Kapler, I think one of his faults was he just wasn't good at like interpersonal management and wasn't good at just like being up front with guys, especially pitchers. Talked a lot about how he his yo-yo philosophy of mm-hmm. dropping them to bullpen back to starting messed with them a lot. So I think this was a good reset year from him, and I think you saw you saw some improvement too. So yeah. and I think he benefited from Brian Price being the pitching coach. Yes, the end of an era, finally. <laughs> Jake Arrieta's tenure with the Phillies is done. Uh, I'd give him a D. <laughs> yeah, I'd say C minus D for his entire tenure. I'd give him an F. Yeah. Uh, the only reason he wasn't a, a an F this year is just because he didn't like play Fortnite. Yeah, or like I don't know, like give anyone COVID that we know of. So true. There you go. D. Have fun. Hags. Bye. Uh, Vince Velasquez. Uh, I'd give him C minus. Yeah, that's where I'm verging about on a D. Uh, below he had average. Moments. He had moments, then, but this is the same. Yeah, it's the same thing with Vince every year, where like you get sold in the off season about his improvements, blah blah blah, blah and then he's he kills you. But uh, yeah, you're right. He has his moments, but um, I he's just so unreliable mm-hmm. that I, I think this is someone that I'm not interested really in seeing a lot more of. Spencer Howard. Uh, it's a rough. Give him an incomplete. Yeah, like this is like I would just give him like I'd give him probably a C minus two. He didn't come in and like blow the doors mm-hmm. off. It's also like it's a young guy. Yeah, like it was his first. And then starts. he got injured. Got injured. Rough start for him. I don't think that's what his career is gonna look like. I don't like. Yeah. I think this is just. Yeah, I think an incomplete is probably the better, better term. But I wasn't like wowed by him either. Like Alec Bone came in. We'll get to him obviously. Right. But you know. Really, really impressive right off the start, but it's harder for pitchers too. It's a big transition. Jojo Romero. Um, I feel like a lot of this goes on like what you see future with him. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that's where the grade comes in. 
So it's hard for me to like separate that from his performance this year, which they weren't amazing. I think again, like I would go somewhere in the C minus area. I, I like it's hard for me to give anyone in our bullpen higher than an average rating because they were all pretty bad this year, mm-hmm. or at least close to an average pitcher. Um, it's just hard for me to go really above that level. But I think you're like out of everyone you're gonna grade in like the bullpen area, you're probably most optimistic about him turning himself into like a B or an, even an A potentially. He's got stuff. Yeah. And he he just seems like one of those guys. Like he's like stay after class so I can tutor you type of student. Like, yes. you know, like you I can see the potential in you. Let me work with you. You just need help. You need a little help around the edges mm-hmm. and that's fine because we can we can work with that. But right now I it seems like, a, like a, a locked in piece of this bullpen for the next at least five years. Sure hope so. We do. <laughs> we'll see. Uh <laughs> Hector Neris. He's our guy. He is our guy, but he did not have a great he did year. Not have a and great again, year. I just said I can't I can't give anyone in this bullpen higher than like a C. I'm gonna give him a C. I, I think again he was the one I felt most comfortable with this year. Um it was a tough season for him, I think, because he was dependent so much on um not his best stuff though and i hope that that's not a trend that we see like going into next year because like he's hopefully he's not our number one guy and i don't mean that as disrespect to him but i like because i think he's great we Another love guy Hector. that got kind of like toggled around too. yeah so hopefully like hopefully he's not the guy he kind of reminds me of reese in that like he shouldn't be your number one mm-hmm. option like he's a great like three or four and I think I mean great. Like he would be like having him as like your second even would be like wow. If he's your seventh good. inning guy next year, because there's a guy in this bullpen that I'm also very high on, young pitcher wise that we'll get to. If it's Hector, guy we're about to talk about, and then you get a legit closer, I'm happy. Yeah. And so, then your left-handed, you know, flamethrowers JoJo, that's promising. Yeah. So I I would give him a C for this year, um, but really it's probably below average for him, like what we've seen in the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm gonna give him a C. Uh, if I can find where he's at, Connor Brogdon. I didn't see a lot, you know, like like very little. What we did see was pretty good. Um, for me, again, can't go above his. I would give him a C minus only in that like didn't really see a lot from him and it's hard to like grade someone i i think he had like only a handful of games like pitched a lot like down the stretch yeah um pitched in it looks like nine games he had 11 in a third inning you know like that's not a lot to like last seven games that he pitched one and oh with a 2.00 era in nine innings pitched and it was like when he came back up after getting sent down was when something clicked with him and he was just dealing. 14 strikeouts in his last seven games. Only three walks. Only gave up two earned runs. A whip of .56. He's another dude like JoJo that I'm very, like, encouraged by. Yeah. I, I think, again, just no way that any of these guys are getting above a C for me. Um, but this is another one that uh, you're willing to work with after class and uh, improve his game. Because you, you, you expect that from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest of the bullpen. <laughs> F. Terrible. Like, it's a complete failure. You know, between the acquisitions via trade of David Hale, 
Heath Hembry, Brandon Workman, and David Phelps, who I think David Phelps of all of those should be the guy that's back next year. Um, they were terrible. You know, Ranger Suarez didn't really get a chance to pitch because he was recovering from COVID. So who knows, you know, what he's going to be. Garrett Clevenger, you know, whatever. Ramon Rosso, I don't think really got a fair share because it seemed like Joe Girardi didn't have a lot of confidence in the young guys outside of a couple of them. Uh, the only other guy that I'd say that was kind of a positive was Blake Parker. Yeah. He had his, he had spurts. He obviously wasn't great, but of all the veteran guys, he was the one that like, if he was in, I was like, all right, I'm cool with this. Tommy Hunter was so, so, and this bullpen is just a disaster. I mean, it's the worst bullpen in baseball. I like it's the grades are, are, are going to be rough for them because, um, that's what they were. They were mm-hmm. all, it was all bad. The catchers, JT. A plus. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and Andrew Knapp this year, man. Andrew Knapp's what a getting, great surprise. Getting a, he's getting a B. Yeah. Because this was well above average for him especially. Andrew Knapp, I think, was the source of a lot of ire. Maybe at times unnecessary. I think it was, he kind of became like a meme almost. Like A lot of people were pissed that we re-signed him. You know, we were like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. But, and to be fair, we were right to think that. Yes, but there was reason to believe. Us all. Twenty hits, this pretty year. solid year. You know, I for a guy who's not. Playing I can't every wait day, for us to let JT walk and him be our starter next. Yeah, year. man, that's uh, going to be a lot of fun. For a guy who doesn't play every day, obviously only played uh, in a handful of games, whether it was as a DH, um, you know, or spelling JT. Mostly got time when JT was dealing with his injury. Andrew Knapp was, for all intents and purposes, sensational compared to what we have seen from Andrew Knapp in the past. Normally, anytime you saw him, like when JT was like, getting a rest or something, like you cringed at the idea. But this year, like I wasn't like I didn't have a physical reaction to seeing him in the mm-hmm. lineup, which is great for him. So yeah, I think forty-eight points above his career batting average this season. You just hope that that's like. Not the 60-game spurt. That you hope that that's like a trend that continues. So I'm like cautiously optimistic about it. Rafael Marchand, too, came up, played it in like two or three games, hit a home run in his first at-bat, which was fun. Um, Nice to see some of the young guys get a chance to play when the opportunity was there. Uh, The the first base collection here on the Phillies depth chart, Reese? I would give Reese a a B-. minus. Hard for me to go higher than that just because he did have <clears throat> a brutal start to the season. Had that injury spell at the end yeah. of the year. Um, but when we did see him turn it around, he was very much like his old self, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, but, you know, still, like, I'm not panicking, but I'm still, like, a little, like, uncomfortable about Reese simply because, like, didn't see a lot of him this year, and that's just because of the nature yeah. of only having so many games to, to play. Um, but I think this was a this was a good positive sign for him that he he was able to kind of turn it around, um, you know, after like what like a pretty rough three weeks to yeah. open the season. Um, so yeah, I would give this a B minus simply because I think we saw some like positive progression here from him. Phil Goslin, Phil Goslin's our guy. Um, he was white hot to start the season. He was. I mean, he was playing at like MVP level, uh, obviously. I, I think Phil Gosson's like a C plus. He's like mm-hmm. above average. Like he's a only got ninety two at bats this year. He's a good Phil guy. We know that. 
we know that he's just he's like more of a platoon player. Like he's not someone that you're depending on. Um, and I think he fills that role well. I think he's he's an he's above a great average bench player. I think he's an above average baseball player. Um, I would like to see Phil Gosselin back on this team. Next Absolutely. Year. Uh, we'll put Jay Bruce in the outfield. So let's get to second base. Scott Kingry. I'm hoping that his struggles this year were COVID related. Yes, I I would say I. It, it's similar to like the Reese stuff from like the last like year, where it's like, just pump the brakes, so we know what this this player can be. We know that he's also like on the younger side. Let's relax. The most manageable contract of all time. I'm like, giving him a C minus, which I think is probably favorable to him because he's really probably more of a D. Um, but I think there's obviously like circumstances that were completely out of his control and catching COVID, which I'm sure like mentally had to be difficult. We don't know like totally physically how that affected him mm-hmm. so i don't want to be too harsh on uh on kingery but this was i mean he knows it we all know this was not a good year for for kingery at all gene carlos enrique segura he was a b he's like between a c plus and a and like a b minus for me again just kind of an above average year he it was like, a lot better as soon as he moved to second base yeah like you saw like some improvement but especially defensively for me, like, not blowing my doors off here. Yeah, I mean, he hit 266, seven home runs, 51 hits, only stole two bases. Uh, his OBP was a 347, which was above his career average, and his OPS was a 769, which was above his career average. But the at, the batting average itself was a little rough for my liking. And this but is a guy you depend on to be at, like, 290. You yeah, know, like that's, close to 300. Yeah. Like, that's what Gene Segura does. That's what he's known for, but defensively he had a damn good season especially like we said once he moved to second base when scott kingery was struggling when he was on the injured list segura playing second you know if for however much longer he's going to be on this team i'd prefer to see gene at second base yes completely agree um we already talked about phil goslin so uh let's get to our boy the rookie of the year alec bohm Listen, I'm very biased. He's getting an A+. Plus. Yes. Uh, he's everything I wanted and more. He's fantastic. He's a beautiful young man. He's a great player. He like, he was like the exact shot in the arm that this mm-hmm. team needed. Never seems afraid of the moment. Literally game one, first at bat, just killing it. Just, just unbelievable. He's on. He's better than advertised, which is unbelievable because he's like the most hype prospect that I think we've had. Since Don Brown and yeah, he's way better than Don Brown. Like he he was a guy that like I was genuinely putting so much faith into. I was getting very worried about like what if Boehm is not the guy. It's like <laughs> Boehm is the guy, and um, he's like I I think he's like as great as you could have hoped for. And he's honestly defensively too, been I would say like above average. Yeah, like in, in the and and that was the thing that was the knock. Biggest knock on him was like, well, he's not a good defender. It's like I don't give a shit. Yeah, if he comes up and hits three forty. Who cares if he's not like a also a, played three positions this year? I don't care. I don't care if he's a Gold Glover. If the dude can hit three forty, put him in. Yep. Okay, that's not that's, why. Why one thing I hate about baseball is because it's such a stat driven thing. Yes, like people key in too much on the negative and forget that like at the end of the day, if the dude hits over one third of the pitches he sees, that is I don't give a shit. I don't care about any other metric you tell me. That's a player I want to see. 
I don't care. I don't, yep. And guess what? He's fine defensively. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He's super young, so he's only going to prove A+. Plus. I love the guy. Love him. He's going to be the first Phillies jersey I buy in a very long time. As soon as that happens, I'm sure this offseason, I'm in love with Alec Boehm. Shortstop, the notorious D.D. Gregorius. Uh, this is... Uh, <sighs> I'm giving D.D. an A. I'm going to give him a A-. minus. I think he was... um. Again, it's hard for me to go like higher than that with any player just because of how our season turned out. But I think DD was, if you're talking like MVPs of of the Philly season, like he's in that discussion mm-hmm. um, very frequently, especially at the beginning of the season with someone that was carrying us. Um, yeah, just I think always got a hit when you needed it. Yeah, like he he was consistently very good. Probably our most consistent player this season, actually. I think a great year, great and like. Personally, very happy for him, too, because this was like a really important bounce back year for mm-hmm. him. Um, and a tough, because he's got his pre-existing kidney yeah, issue. And, and he did this all in a face mask, by the way, which is pretty yeah. pretty sick of him. Um, so, yeah. I'll give him an A. OPS. I forget the A-. minus. He gets an A. 827 OPS, a 284 batting average, which is essentially 20 points higher than his career average. Uh, 10 home runs, 40 RBIs for a guy that, you know, for most of his career is either hit and towards the top of the lineup or the bottom, he was like a cog right in the middle of this this lineup. Um, and he's just so damn likable. Yeah. The the emoji tweets were would, as advertised. Would love, love to see him back. The the Instagram drawings that he did. He only struck out 28 times this year. I believe it. That's impressive. I'm looking at, you know, like McCutcheon 48. Gene forty five times, Bryce forty three, JT for like by a significant margin. Consistency, man. Significant margin. This is the guy that that gets you where you want to be. You know, Yankees fans did not lie when they said we were going to fall in love yeah. with Didi Gregorius. I, I would love to see him back. I sure hope we do because I think, like you you said it as well. Like personality wise, I think he's great. I think um, the locker room loves him. Yeah. New nickname for every single player that came through too, which was very impressive. Please bring him back. Uh, let's go to the outfield. Andrew McCutcheon. Tough year for him uh, because he's bouncing back from a pretty pretty gnarly injury. Um, I would give him... I'm giving Kutch a, a B-. minus. giving him a C+. Plus. I think it was an above-average year. Mm-hmm. Wasn't anything spectacular, but I don't know that I was expecting that. I, And I'm glad that it's a c plus like anything like a c and above would have been good for him for this season coming back from an injury like that um and just seeing that he can perform at the level and it did take him a little bit to like get back into rhythm which again not really his own like it's not his fault that he Mm -hmm. got injured so i think this was an above average year especially based on my expectations for him so i'm overall pleased with with mccutcheon's year uh jay bruce not quite the uh the the endearing season that he had last year this was like a d plus a c minus in that range i like not very good this year for being honest um kind of like phil gosselin though often like you're not really depending you're not shouldn't really be depending necessarily on a jay bruce very often um but he did not have those big moments like he had last season yeah um this season only played in 32 of the 60 games so little over half uh he hit 198 on the year uh 
252 OBP, 469 slugging, and an OPS of 721. Uh, also, strikeouts-wise, 24 strikeouts, as opposed to 82 strikeouts last year when he played in 98 games between two teams. I was very unimpressed by Jay Bruce this year. He had, you know, those couple home runs that popped, but... Sure, sure glad we chose him over Corey Dickerson. That's great. Hit a home run today in the playoffs yeah, to help the Marlins cool. win. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure his contract is up now, so he won't be back. Um, See you later. I mean, if you get him on uh, a very vet minimum deal, maybe. But even then, I'd rather see some of these young guys continue to come up. Um, speaking of young guys, Roman Quinn. A D, yeah, <laughs> he's he's bad. Um, it's weird because like the things that he's supposed to be good at too, like wasn't very good at this year. Um, bad decision making with uh, with base running a lot of times. Just he's like a gadget hit, hit. guy that just doesn't like work very well. You know, he, he like, is a guy that should be strictly used as a pinch runner. He's he's not a great hitter. Hit two thirteen this year, uh, in hundred and eight at bats. He doesn't, you know, hit home runs. He stole twelve bases, uh, an on base percentage of two sixty one, for a guy that you want to see on base. That's not great. And his OPS was five seventy six, almost a hundred points lower than his career average. Roman Quinn, uh, more times than not, was a liability to this team than he was any benefit yeah rough rough year for uh for the Quinn stands out there Adam Hazley not the leap that I I would have wanted um but I it wasn't a bad year by any stretch I would give this like again like between a C plus and a B minus kind of depends on like what were you expecting out of Adam Hazley coming into this year um I think he's still like he's still a pretty raw like mm-hmm. guy too like I think we've just because he got called up last year and that seems like forever ago, he seems like a more established player when he, he really isn't. So I don't want to be harsh on him. I think again, an above average year didn't take like a huge leap forward, but it's a, it, this was such a tough season to begin with. Um, you know, I, I think there's another guy that's going to benefit a lot from just having an off season, getting ready for next year. And, and, and I expect he'll probably make a, a, a more improvement next season. And you want to talk about a guy that is, supposed to be a center fielder because man did he look rough in the other outfield positions adam hazley just needs to be cemented in center field and leave it at that um i also feel like joe girardi didn't give him a lot of opportunities it was it was one of those things where joe had this fascination with playing roman quinn a lot and that was a detriment to this team i feel like adam hazley should have been playing more only had 79 at bats this year he was injured uh, you know, at points of the season, but Adam Hazley deserves uh, a lot more of a shot than what he got this year. Uh, let's go to the three hundred and thirty million dollar man. A plus, I think. Uh, when you sign Bryce Harper, this is the type of season that you're you're hoping for. Yeah, I was hoping for one hundred sixty two games, but what can you do? Um, he had that unbelievable stretch where mm-hmm. like he was. MVP guy, 
right up there, like fantastic, cooled off as you're going to. And we've seen that a lot in Bryce's career. He has these 10, 15 game unplayable stretches. You know, kind of again, it's just average for him, which is <laughs> very good. But I fantastic year, like just fantastic. Almost 200 him. bats yeah. in, a, in a 60 game season, 41 runs, 51 hits, it's 2.1 WAR in like 60 games. Like yeah. that's pretty damn good. <laughs> 13 home runs, 33 RBIs, uh, stole eight bases. He's two stolen bases away in his career from 100. Hit 268, OBP of 420, well above his career average. 962 OPS, 62 points above his career average. I thought Bryce was great. Again, great defensively. Played a couple games in center field as well. He played in 51 games this year. Um, I like you said, a plus. Like you know, obviously it sucked that he got injured and it kind of took away you know down the stretch from his performances. Uh, but overall, I mean, I thought Bryce, outside of that unplayable stretch that he did have, other guys were picking it up during that point too, which was nice to see. That's when Reese kind of got hot. And uh, was picking up the slack. So, I mean, I was thoroughly impressed with Bryce again this year. How could you not be? Um, Joe Girardi. Uh, a B minus. I, didn't, I wasn't um, – it's hard to say. Like, this is such a, a difficult season to jump into as your first with a new team. Especially when, like, we kind of forget because it's so long ago. We were in the middle of spring training when all this happened. You kind of have to rerattle these plans and, and adjust on the fly a little bit. Um, I It's so hard to judge him based off just 60 games, you know, when you put it that, because this is technically a full season, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's not even half a season. So it's hard It's hard to give him, like, a, be too critical. Um, was he better than Gabe? It's honestly difficult to say, again, because of the sample size. I found myself less frustrated. Um, but still, like he he still had these tendencies to like kind of have these favorites that kind of leave your head scratched a little bit. Again, the Roman Quinn love is a little confusing. The Brandon Workman obsession. Yeah, like there's just some weird weird things that he does. But overall, I think a, a good year from him. Um, nothing really to like get upset about. But it's been 60 games. Like there shouldn't be. That felt like 112. Yeah, it did feel like a, a full season. Um. Yeah, Philly season's over. Now we just wait for the off season, and hopefully Clentac by this time next week is gone. I doubt it. Um, but, I mean, that's the thing that has to happen. If Clentac's not gone, and we started the Philly segment with that, if he's not gone, there's no hope for this team. Because you can't trust Matt Clentac to do his job properly. Like, what moves outside of, you know, it, you can't even really put the JT move in there because there's potential that he's going to walk. It's it's Zach Wheeler and Didi are really the only moves that truly worked out for this team. Yeah, and that happened this year. Yeah, I I think um, the direction of this team going forward is again having Clentac who gets an F um, yes. forever. John Middleton F. It's very unclear with with Maglin's at the helm. It's it's scary, really. Mm-hmm. It's like you're in the car with an impaired driver, like you're just bracing for impact at some point. Um, it's 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 rough. You know what else is rough? 
I mean, do we even dare talk about the Eagles? Embarrassing. <laughs> you want to talk about going out with a whimper like we talked about with the Phillies. Absolutely. Just that was one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, I don't think we can say any more about it because we've been so negative. I don't want to scream anymore, but um, that was an absolutely terrible, terrible game. Season's over. Just ride it out. Uh, Carson Wentz looks done. I don't know why we're not just feeding Miles Sanders. Um, that seemed bizarre to me. If he's fully healthy, give him the ball. Cincinnati's a terrible defense. Why are we afraid of throwing them? Where's the confidence? Why are we not trusting Jake Elliott? Right. Let him just let him kick it. Like, what the hell's the point? Like, what's the difference between a loss and a tie at this point? N- nothing. Because if you kick the field goal, sure. The, and this they is miss a guy we've seen make a like, 61 yard field goal. <laughs> with, like, Carson had to give him the game check. Like, yeah. Hey. Uh, Stupid. I just, this team, man, they are so in their own heads across the board. And the worst part is the world gets to see it this coming week because they play on Sunday night football. Yeah, it's going to be a rough week. The Giants are starting to get a little healthy. Uh, Giants, she's 49ers are getting uh, healthy as looks well. Looks like George, George Kittle's going to be play. back. Um, Doesn't look like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play, no, though. But, I mean. Nick Mullins has looked good. Right. Like, And you're more worried about the system than you are necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo, like on his own, is not someone that terrifies me. I'm just being honest. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's 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 a brutal brutal matchup. We've already talked about the schedule. <laughs> we gave we, there goes one of the wins that we thought for them. Yeah. We really we didn't bank on any ties. Uh, I don't know why we didn't, but yeah, it's um in my mind the season's over at this point and um, they'll be lucky to have one win going into the bye week. This entire like city just needs a cleansing. Like it just needs <laughs> like a spiritual cleanse because it's all it's all very dark and stormy right now. And we thought last Wednesday's injury report was bad. Jeez. Today's injury report uh, at 5.12 p.m. on a Wednesday. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I mean, I didn't even realize he was still on the team. Jamon Brown. Fletcher Cox. Jack Driscoll. Rudy Ford. Deshaun Jackson. Avante Maddox, who confirmed he's going to be out at least one to two weeks. Jason Peters. And Trevor Williams. Nine guys did not participate in practice today. Uh, looks like three of them with illness, which is never great in a COVID world. Uh, and then Alshon Jeffrey, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, and Miles Sanders all on the injury report uh, as limited. I, I wonder how much of this is also like Wednesday is usually like the Veterans Day. And I wonder like... Which how, looks like that's what it was for Jason Kelsey. Like I, I wonder like how much of this is just like... A, taking it easy whatever um so we'll see like you know thursday and friday probably a lot of these names back in and maybe people got a little worried about nothing but also like why are we even upset unless you yeah. really miles center is the only name that anyone could be upset about and that's fantasy related that's honestly it because say miles team, and lane this team's going nowhere um they, even if they get a lucky win against the 49ers congrats you're one two and one um, and you you still have one of the, uh, a gauntlet of a schedule ahead of you, so it's it's uh, it's all bad. Right Yet now. this division is so bad that they'll probably make the playoffs at four and twelve. I mean, it's <laughs> certainly not out of the question. Um, it is whatever the opposite of an arms race is right now. <laughs> it is uh, the NFC East is certainly living up to the NFC least mantra because. 
It is bad. Who had the Washington football team top of the division after week three? Nobody. Had one and two. Except Ron Rivera. Good for them. <laughs> uh, Imagine if they got a competent quarterback. That team would actually be scary. Yeah. I would actually be Their like. Their defense is good. Yeah. Terry McLaurin's good. Dwayne Haskins. He just. That must be nice. To Do we nice see players. Alex Smith this year play against the Eagles I in sure Week ho- 17? Sure hope not, because that's terrifying. <laughs> like I, I don't want to see that guy even look at a football field. His leg is still like a melted crayon. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, I'm sorry, man, but this is not happening. He doesn't even look like he can run. One blind side, he might, he might lose that leg. I'm not even saying that to be funny. Like it's, it's genuinely true. concerns me. They, they have um, Kyle Allen, right? He was yes. The, yeah. So that was with Ron Rivera. I mean, <laughs> the Washington the team with no name is Carson's going to look great in uh, in the Washington football team colors in three years. I'll tell you that much. More like the Colts, probably <laughs> is what everyone is saying. Uh, it's International Podcast Day. Shout out to every single person that listens to us rant and yell in a microphone every single week for the last three years. Because without you guys, we wouldn't be a podcast. Um, it's been stupid fun doing this and to be able to celebrate what we get to do uh because of you guys is awesome uh and we'll get to celebrate october 1st with watching Sixto sanchez pitch in the playoffs i won't <laughs> i'll be doing like anything else <laughs> you're gonna be watching uh jets broncos i will be doing anything else <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh i think that's all we got for you guys a lot that we did a uh, dissect. By the time we are live again, either this weekend or Wednesday, will Doc Rivers be the head coach of the 76ers? Or will Matt Clintack be fired? I would like one of those things to have happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think, the I think we can fill in the blank <laughs> there. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if one of those things actually does happen though if it's if it's doc rivers but yeah i would love to wake up and see a clintag is fired news that'd be great but i think it's wishful thinking and then uh heat lakers nba finals yeah we we talked if i don't know like a week or two ago about who we kind of want to see um lakers were like my number two behind the nuggets simply because lebron james love him i think he's the greatest player i've seen in my lifetime they could be as annoying as it would be, and I get it, to, to have to listen to Lakers fans, whatever. Um, seeing him win win a ring with his third different uh, team would be unbelievable. Definitely would cement his legacy in a pretty serious way. So I'm rooting for, like, greatness. Um, the Heat were <laughs> definitely not a team I, I want to see in the finals uh, simply because nothing against Jimmy. But it, it would just hurt way too much. Like, it, it would legitimately just cause me a lot of um, emotional pain to watch the Heat lift the championship and, and Jimmy kiss the trophy. A uh, couple little bit of breaking news points. Uh, Woj says that uh, Sixers were ready to choose between Mike D'Antoni and Tyron Lewis head coach. Doc Rivers upended the Sixers' plans, and they are no longer considering Ty Lue. Shocker. Shocker. Uh, and then... Just sent to me from our uh, NHL expert extraordinaire, Dylan Mazzola. Bobby Ryan admitted that he would be interested in joining the Flyers in free agency. Flyers, baby. <laughs> Flyers are our last hope. How did we get here? Man. And then, uh, obviously, 
people, if you're living under a rock, I don't know what to tell you, but the Steelers and Titans postponed this weekend. Uh, and according to Andrew Marshand on Twitter, uh, writes for the New York Post, he uh, he said the rescheduled Steelers-Titans game is expected to be on national TV on CBS. It will either be on Monday at 5 p.m. Oh, thank God. Or Tuesday at 6 or 7 p.m. I'm tired. Of, like, the finals don't start till 9 o'clock. I, listen, I don't know if I'm just old or whatever. I can't stay I up can't. that late to watch these games, it's man. Bad. Why is everything on at 9, like, 8 o'clock? Like, what the heck? Like, Plus, it's like, it's not even like the finals are in LA. Yeah. It's in Orlando. Like, come on. Like, give us a break. Like, please put more stuff at, like, 5 and 6 o'clock. Like, Christ. We like, are old. How am I supposed to watch this? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I'm tired of only going to see a quarter of like Monday Night Football. Yeah, you know, like it's just a, it sucks. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. <laughs> I'd like to say he's wrong, but man, didn't realize he watched the bullpen this year. <laughs> uh, as I think always, Trump's got a, a baseball team. He's definitely a Yankees guy. Isn't he's he? got to be. He's 100, 100 a Yankees guy. He loves Steinbrenner. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, as always, guys, make sure you're following us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Underground PHI. You can watch the show live at uh, twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI and typically facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Uh, but for whatever reason, Facebook was not working tonight. Um, so we apologize for that. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know who you want to be the Sixers' next head coach. Scream about Matt Klintak not being fired yet. Uh, how you feel about this Eagles team being as bad as they are. And anything else that comes to mind. Five stars only because we have standards and we know you do too. And we know those standards are five stars only. You can check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And uh, we should be back consistently live two times a week uh, moving forward just with COVID and mine and Matt's work schedules and everything in between. It's been tough, but we're going to try to get some stuff rocking and rolling again. Check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. Got a lot of uh, fantasy football written content going on with the fourth and goal guys over there. And uh, that's business, baby. Shout out to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick, Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, our kick-ass merch provider, Design Tree, DSGNTree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia and use the promo code DSGN5 at checkout. Saves you five bucks off your order. And then the homies over at Tomahawk Shades, you see them on my face every single week. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP, 25% off your order. All orders $75 and over, qualify for free shipping. They just restocked a pretty awesome, nice watch on their website. Looks fantastic. And the last time they restocked those, they were gone in two days. So go get your hands on that for 25% off. Promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com. And then, of course... Our friends over at Manscaped doing men's below-the-waist grooming the right way. Don't get kicked in the balls. Take care of them. Manscaped.com. 
Enter the code USP at checkout. Saves you 20% off and you get free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code USP for 20% off and free shipping. Any final thoughts, Matt? Nothing good. <laughs> like the Joker, all I have are negative thoughts. <laughs> uh, also, speaking of Design Tree, Living the Dream shirts are in the works, so they will be in our storefront soon. And nightmares do technically count as dreams, so it still works. That might be on a shirt, too. Uh, this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 270. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace. Hmm. <sighs>